Thanks for listening to the Refuel Podcast. Be sure to tune in every Thursday for a new episode. So we are, uh, we started a series called Among Us, and we're talking about Christmas, and as we're thinking about Christmas, uh, we're looking at verses that talk about how God came to live among us at Christmas. So last week, we talked about how um, the Apostle John had this emergency meeting to establish that Jesus was like indeed God. He was God in a bod. Uh, tonight, we're gonna kind of move forward from that, and we're gonna talk about crewmates. How many of you are prolific among us players? Any prolific among us players? Um, so you know the general premise of, of the game. For those of you that don't, that, that, that don't play it or haven't played it, the general premise of the game is that there are imposters among us, aliens among us. And you and your crewmates are supposed to do, you have two kind of objectives. The first is you're supposed to complete the missions that you're supposed to do. But secondly, you're supposed to weed out the imposters who are trying to sabotage your mission. And you have to decide, is this, is this person an imposter? Is this person an imposter? Hudson's looking a little suspect. He's looking a little sus back there. No, um, you, you got to identify who are the imposters, who's trying to sabotage us from, yeah, <laughs> from our mission. So as we're thinking about crewmates, um, not, to, not to, you know how sometimes we as Christians do things that are a little cheesy, um, not, to, not to make it too cheesy, I want to talk tonight about crewmate, being crewmates for Christ. Um, because really, if, if you think about it, if you think about it, the Christian life has a lot of similarities to the game among us. We as believers in Jesus, it says that we're brothers and sisters in Christ, brothers from another mother, but the same spiritual heavenly father. And we are crewmates and God has given us a mission. What's the, what's, what's the mission of every Christian? To make disciples, right? To share the gospel with people. But among us, there are people that sometimes will distract us from that mission, imposters. So our goal is kind of like twofold, is not to listen to the imposters, not to get distracted because God has given us a mission to do. And as we're working through this, what we learn is sometimes even our crewmates are hard to get along with. Sometimes even our crewmates act a little suspect. Don't raise your hands, but is there somebody that you know that used to be a really good friend of yours that was just way too much for you to handle, or maybe you were too much for them to handle, and you're no longer friends with that. Is anybody there, anybody know anybody in the room? No. Uh, don't, if the person's in the room, don't point them out. But it, it's hard, yeah, Wyatt's pointing right at Musgrave. He's saying Musgrave is an imposter. Um, but we, we all know, it's hard for us to, to, to love each other for a long period of time. Uh, the, the more you get to know someone, especially if you date someone, there's a reason you have ex-boyfriends and ex-girlfriends is because this person seems like a good person on the outside, but then you get to know him and you're like, this guy's a slug. Like, like, like <laughs> yeah, like, like th th this girl is, is, is not the person I thought she was. So, you, you know, you, you do the whole Taylor Swift thing and you, you, you move on and you break up and you never, ever, ever get back together. And then... I'm a Swift. If you haven't figured it out, I'm a Swifty, by the way. And if, if, you, if you don't know, if, just get used to it because um, I'm not going to change. Um, but it's hard for us to love people. 
It's hard for us to extend love to others, especially when we're so distracted by 2020 stuff, by how our world is upside down. So what kind of the the punchline I think that we're gonna talk about tonight is that since God loved us at Christmas, we should love our crewmates. We should love each other. And we're gonna look at 1 John chapter four tonight. And so you, you can turn there uh, as you're heading there. If not, the words are going to be on the, the verses are going to be on the screens. But it's really interesting because the the book of First John is written by John, who was someone who was an eyewitness to Jesus. You, Jesus did stuff. John wrote it down, and John is writing about what Jesus did. But now John, Jesus has gone back to heaven, and John is a pastor, and John is a pastor of ten different churches in this like Roman province that's called Asia. He's a pastor of 10 different churches. So you could say he's got a full-time job just going to each one of those churches and refereeing the drama. And yeah, if, if, you, if, you, if you know what pastors do, you can imagine 10 different churches. And then John gets arrested because he's preaching the gospel. They try to kill him. They put him in a pot of boiling oil. They're gonna try to do like the, 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 the Chick-fil-A treatment to him. Put, put him in a pot of burning peanut oil and somehow he miraculously survives the pot of burning peanut oil. So like, what are we gonna do with this guy? He won't shut up about Jesus. We're gonna put him on this little island in the middle of nowhere called Patmos. So, so he can't go and tell anyone else about Jesus. From this island, John's writing letters. He's, he writes the, the book of Revelation. And he writes this letter to his 10 churches in Asia. And he wants to remind them of two things. The first thing he wants to remind them is to love your crewmates. Love your brothers and sisters in Christ. And the second thing he wants to remind them about is you gotta watch out for imposters. You gotta watch out for people who are twisting the gospel and, and, and planting these seeds of doubt that maybe Jesus wasn't totally God or maybe Jesus wasn't totally human. So you, you, gotta, you gotta watch out for these imposters. And actually, the beginning of chapter four, John really lays into it. He says, he says some of these people have the spirit of the Antichrist. That's kind of strong, right? Like, I just, all I said was Hudson's looking a little suspect. Yeah, what if I said, I think Hudson has the spirit of the Antichrist. You know, you're like, whoa, you know, <laughs> I gotta watch out for this guy. So John says this, you, you gotta watch out because there are people that have that spirit. They have the spirit of the Antichrist. So that's pretty strong. He does that verses one through six, but then in verse seven, he turns the attention back to the mission. The mission is to love God, love others, share the gospel. So we're gonna read these, we're gonna read this section of verses. So I've got it on the screen here that you can follow along. But if you have your Bible, you should, yeah, if you have your Bible with you, definitely open your Bible and follow along in your Bible. Um, and you, there may be some things you wanna underline or highlight. So 1 John chapter seven, or excuse me, chapter four, verse seven, it says, beloved, let us love one another for love is from God. Whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. In this is the love of God was made manifest among us that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. And this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. That's a big word. Beloved, if God so loved us, we must also love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. So let's pray together after we've read God's word and then we're gonna dive in. Um, God, I pray that as we read this section of the Bible, this is your word, this is your God-breathed word that you've given to us. Um, God, I pray that you'll, you'll soften our hearts uh, so that we can receive it. I pray that you'll focus our minds so that we can understand it. Um, God, I pray that as we talk about this very practical thing about how we should love others and how Christmas reminds us that we should love others. Um, God, I pray that you'll work in our hearts and you won't just cause us, 
to change our hearts, but that heart change will lead to action change on our part. In Jesus' name, amen. So there, I, got, I got the pencil back. I had a problem with my Apple pencil, but I fixed it. And what I wanna do is I wanna show you, this whole verse is boiled down to like one command. And have you noticed like sometimes, I'm sure your parents do this, like if there's something they want you to remember, they repeat it like a 50 bajillion times. Or, or was that just me growing up? Like your parents, because they know you're gonna forget, so they're like, don't forget X, don't forget. So John writing these churches, he wants them to get this one thing and he repeats it two times. It says, beloved, let us love one another. But then if you go down to verse 11, what does it say? It says, beloved, if God so loved us, we, ought, ought, we also ought to love one another. Having a hard time speaking. So do you get the point here? What are we supposed to do? I'm gonna change colors already. What are we supposed to do? I'm gonna put as much art as I can on this so I can draw your attention. What are we supposed to do? We're supposed to love one another. But is it easy to love one another? How easy it is to love the people in your home? Do you wake up every day just saying, I love my brother. I love my sister. I love my parents. What about by the time you're done with the day? Do you say it? Not easy to love the people in your home. Not easy to love the people even in your church sometimes. And it's definitely not easy to love people who aren't saved, who don't have the fruit of the Spirit in their life. Sometimes they come across a little abrasive. The big truth here is what? Love one another. Or we could say, love your crewmates. Easy to understand, hard to do, right? So why should we? Yeah, you're the why generation. You're like, don't tell me what to do. Tell me why to do it and then maybe I'll do it right? <laughs> and I'm with you guys. Why should I do it? God gives us reasons why we should do it. The first reason that we should love one another is because God is love. Look at verses seven and eight. It says, let us love one another for love is from God. Anyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. So let's go back to this verse here. It says, what about love? It says, love is from God, and then what does it say down here? It says, God is love. So from, put an R in there. Some of you are getting, you, for the first time, you're learning how good of a speller I am. And so love is from God, and love is God. Why in the world did I put a picture of a Krispy Kreme hot donut sign on here? I'm trying a scientific experiment. You ever heard of Pavlov's dog? You know, it's, a, it's a scientific experiment. How many of you have had a hot Krispy Kreme donut? It is a religious experience, isn't it? Is it not? You, you, you bite into that donut, and there's a reason they call it Krispy Kreme. You bite into that donut, and there's just not a crunch, but there's just a little bit of a crispiness on the outside of it. But as soon as your teeth like sink about maybe like a quarter of an inch into it, the donut just like dissolves in your mouth into this like cacophony of sugary goodness. You know what I mean? It melts in your mouth. It's this beautiful thing, yeah. So, but one thing that I had no idea until I looked into it is, there, how many of you have been to the one in Charleston? Like anytime I'm in Charleston, like we're, we're coming back, I'm like, hey, you wanna stop at Krispy Kreme? Let's get the app and see if the hot, yeah, see if the hot light's on. Did you know that you can buy Krispy Kreme donuts at Speedway right down here down the road? You can buy them at Kroger. 
They're not hot. I mean, they're not hot. It's not like this like incredible religious experience, but they're still pretty good. But did you know that the ones at Kroger, the ones at Speedway, you, all in our area, they come from the same store in um, South Charleston there. They all come from the same place. And they send their donuts out from that store all around the area. And when we talk about how God is love, it means the same thing. It says love is from God, meaning any true love that you've ever experienced in your life, its origins are from God. So love is from God. Just like every Krispy Kreme donut had to come in this area, had to come from that one place in Charleston with that hot light, the hot hot light sign on. All love comes from God, and it doesn't just come from God. It says that love is God. Some people have this picture of God, like, you know, the God sitting ready with a lightning bolt ready to you know, knock you out, like, knock Braden out, you know, you know, knock Logan out. That's not God. It says God is love. So yeah, God is a just God. God punishes sin. Um, God is a God of peace. He establishes peace. But everything God does, whether he's punishing sin, whether he's establishing peace, whether he's giving out grace, he does it in a loving way. God is love. And it says that if you don't know love and if you don't love, you don't know God. Meaning if you want a good relationship with God, you got to figure this love thing out because if God is love and you are not loving, how well do you think you and God are going to mesh in a personal relationship day to day? It ain't happening. So why should we love one another? Well, the first reason is because God is love. And if you want to know God, you best be learning how to love people, right? The next reason we should love our crewmates is because God loved us at Christmas, we got the Christmas trees here, and you're like, Matt, when are you going to talk about little baby Jesus, you know? Like, when, when are you going to talk about that? That's what I want to hear. I want to hear about those yeah, cute baby Jesus, she, yeah, shepherds, sheep, wise men. It sounded weird what came out there. I was not trying to swear, I promise, okay? <laughs> I was trying to say shepherds and sheep, and a lot of SHs were coming out, okay? So, <laughs> I did not swear. Anyway, uh, yeah, you say, <laughs> oh, goodness. You say, I want to get... <laughs> You say, I want to get back to the little cute Christmas story. You know, I want to hear about those three wise men that came and gave the little baby Jesus the gifts. And, you know, I, I want to hear the lambs bleeding. And that, that's important. But you got to understand that Christmas was the kickstarter of God's big plan. And we learn about God's big plan starting in verse 9. So let's, let's go back to our little, what did I just do? <laughs> wow. <laughs> You give me technology, it gets interesting. What did, what did God do? It says, in this, let's switch colors. In this, the love of God was manifest, and here it is, among us, hence the title, God's love was, what in the world does manifest mean? That just means like displayed. God's love was displayed among us in how? That God sent his only son into the world. That right there, when God sent his son into the world, that is Christmas. He says it again in verse 10. He says, in this is love, not that we love God, but he loved us and sent his son to die for our sins. That is Christmas. So when we say God is love, how do we know that God is love? because we screwed up really big. God created us to be in a relationship with him, 
but we turned our back on him and we sinned. We thumbed our nose at him. We stuck the knife in him and we turned it a little bit. We said, I don't need you. And how, how would you react to somebody that did that to you? You'd say kind of like maybe something that we couldn't say at church to them. You'd tell them a few things about their mother, right? You, you, you would have some very strong language if, if, a, if a best friend turned their back on you, right? What was God's reaction when we turned our back on him, because God is love, we turned our back on him, and instead of him turning back on us, he ran to us. God sent his son in the world. So we know God is love, but when tested, God reacted just as we would expect him to react because it was consistent with his nature. God is love. God loved us at Christmas. But we have kind of have a skewed picture of love in our society. For some people, and if statistics are true, there are people in this room that have experienced this, in that you have experienced abuse at the hands of someone who said, I love you. So when you think of love, you think of someone that was abusive towards you. Well, sometimes when we think of love, we think of like having an affinity towards something. Like, I love Chick-fil-A. It's good. I mean, so far, I think we've set up a really good menu. Chick-fil-A for dinner, and we drive up to Charleston and get hot Krispy Kreme donuts, right? I love Chick-fil-A. I love Krispy Kreme donuts. I love my wife, too. But I love her a little more than I love Krispy Kreme donuts, depending on how hungry I am. Um, two different kinds of love, right? And sometimes when we think of love, we think of just like good feelings towards someone, we hear the term falling in love, and falling in love doesn't necessarily mean what we think it to mean, because people fall in love, and then they fall out of love, right? Once all the feelings are, go you know, once all the feelings are gone, like that guy talks to you, you get excited, you, know, you, you, you got like butterflies in your stomach, and you're so like, oh my goodness, like, and then you fig figure out he's a jerk, and that's worn off. God's love is different than that. Sometimes in the world, love is a means to an end. And then we say, people say, I love you just to get what they want from you. And then when they got what they want from you, they don't love you anymore. The Bible talks about three different kinds of love. The Bible was written in Greek and Greek, ha up here guys, up here guys. And Greek has three different words that we translate into love. The first is the word phileo, which means to kind of like have an affinity towards. So that'd be like the Krispy Kreme kind of love, right? Then there's the eros love. That's the romantic love. That's the bam chick bam love. And then there's a third category of love in the Bible, and it's called agapao or agape love. And that means when you choose to love someone, it's an act of the will. So for all you guys out there, here, here's a good pickup line. It's like, babe, I love you, and I don't just love you in like a phileo kind of way. I love you in an agapao kind of way. I don't know how well that would work, so may not want to try that. But when, when, when it says that God loved us at Christmas by sending Jesus, it wasn't a phileo way. He didn't have an affinity towards us because we were sinners and we turned our back on him. It was an akapao way. It means he chose to love us even though we weren't lovable. God loved us at Christmas. 
So all of our skewed pictures of love that we've accumulated during our life, we gotta put those out of the window. We gotta look at Jesus's love. And for those of you that like to take notes, you're gonna like this because they're alliterated. There are three ways that God loved us, but they all point back to when God loved us, he would loved us in a strong way. Sometimes guys have a hard problem with love because when we think of love, we think of like, oh, love is just so beautiful and flowers and bath salts and bath bombs. And we see God, he loves in a strong way. And he loves in a strong way, three different ways. First, he was stubborn when he loved us. Did you know that? I'm gonna show you. God was, let me change colors again. I'm running out of colors already. That's not good. God was stubborn when he loved us. Look, it says, in this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us. That's stubborn. We gave God every reason not to love us. In some ways, it was like we were almost challenging God not to love us. And he says, yeah, I know you're a jerk. I know you're acting like a turd right now. But I'm out of an act of my will going to love you anyway. I'm glad that God's love was stubborn because I probably put him to the test a lot. Not only was his love stubborn, his love was sacrificial. His love was sacrificial. It says that he sent his son to be a propitiation. What? (laughs) Matt, you already almost swore once. Don't try it again. That word propitiation, what that means, in some versions it's translated atonement. What that means is that Jesus was the substitute for our sin. He died in our place. Our sin demanded a penalty. Our sin demanded that somebody had to die for our sins. And instead of us going to the cross, God sent Jesus to die on the cross and Christmas was the beginning of that plan unfolding on earth. And not only was it stubborn and not only was it sacrificial, it says, in this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation of our sins. If you look back in the beginning verse, it says, so that we might live through him. His love is steady. And that takes strength. You know, some people, and you may know people that are like this, they love you, but only when it's convenient for them. Or they love you, they get tired of you, and they put you on a shelf for a little while. God's love is steady in that it says that we might live through him. And that means that when we put our faith in Jesus, our life with him begins today and it lasts forever. And Jesus loved you enough to save you to eternal life. And he loves you every day, even though there are days when you and I let him down. And Christmas was the kickstarter to this love. So Christmas is about how God is love. Christmas is about how God loved us. And if God loved us, that means we love God. If you keep reading in these verses, it says, beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to love one another. That word ought means that we, if you were to translate that and look at it in its original language, it means like that we owe a debt of love to one another. God loved you. God loved me. We owe it to God and to others to share that love. God saw us in our need and he went to us. Here's the test. When we see people in need, what's our action? I made a little list of some of the things that people are dealing with um, today as they go through this. Yeah, and a lot of it has to do with COVID, but not all of it does. 
Did you know when we're talking about our backpack kids, a study came out, I believe it's in the New York Times, that Huntington, West Virginia is the poorest metro area in West Virginia. Does that, that surprised me. So when we're talking about our backpack kids that live in this difficult area, we're talking about some of the most challenged surroundings that anyone could live in in West Virginia. And did you know that some of those students aren't just people we send backpacks to, but some of those students, as a result of us building relationships with them, they come to refuel on Wednesdays. There are some students right now that I'm trying to, there are two right now that I'm trying to find rides for because they want to come to church, but their parents don't have a car to take them. So we think about people who are in financial need, but not just financial need uh, that we think about. Uh, we think about seniors, like senior citizens. Talked about it earlier. There are senior citizens that haven't been to church in 10 months. And these are like the hardcore tenders. These are the ones that if there was eight inches of snow on the ground, they would drive and they would be there. And it is eating them away on the inside that they can't be with us. How are we going to react to those kind of things? I'm using those as examples because we have like the, we, 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 we can do something about that like right now in adopting a backpack kid and in, in, in joining this Christmas parade. God loved us at Christmas. We ought to love our crewmates. I'm running out of time. So what I'm going to do is, for those of you, because the note takers are going to get ticked off at me if I don't give you these. I've got five F words for how to love your crewmates. So just write, if you're a writer, just write them down. I'm just going to list them real quick. How do you love your crewmates? The first thing you got to do is you got to fuel your relationship with God. Um, verse 16, if you keep reading in, in, in 1 John 4, it says, we come to know him and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love. Whoever abides in love abides in God and God abides in him. You're never going to be able to love someone if you haven't received God's love and you don't receive it on a daily basis. The second thing is live with the future in mind. It says in verse 17, God's love is perfected in us so that we may have confidence on the day of judgment. The only thing that you'll take with you to heaven are the people that you lead to Jesus. So if you want to be smart towards your future, where are you going to put your effort? The third is that we love fearlessly. It says in, in verse 18, there's no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. We love even when it's challenging and, and we get a little nervous. The fourth is we, that we love first. It says in uh, verse 19, we love because he loved us. We love people who don't love us back yet. And the final, is, final one is give up on faking it. Whoever, it says, if anyone says I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. So your relationship with God is not necessarily how far you've read in the Bible this year. Your relationship with God is not how many mission trips you've gone on. Your relationship with God is not necessarily even your, how frequently you attend church. Your relationship with God is evidenced by how well you and I love people. So since God loved us at Christmas, we should love our crewmates and we should love the world around us. And so I'm gonna pray and then we're gonna get out of here because I wanna give you time to get to the, uh, where you can sign up to uh, adopt a backpack kid. Um, so I'm gonna pray, and then we're going. Yes, I'm gonna pray, and then I'm gonna announce that. Thank you. Um, so l let me pray for you guys. Um, God, I pray that you'll bless your word as it was read and as we talked about it. Um, God, I pray that we'll be loving people, uh, that we will love first. Um, we, we don't owe a debt of sin anymore, and we're so thankful for that. But we owe a debt of love. And I pray that we will work towards 
paying that debt through our lives tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening to the Refuel Podcast. If you have any questions or would like to review the notes from this podcast, be sure to download the Refuel app from the App Store on any mobile device.